What I just said didn't sound interesting. Brunch! Hit it, boys! Today's the day. History. Rob Sam Rob Santana is at it again. Yes, you broke this news to me before the podcast recording, and uh it's big news. Today's the day it comes out, and we should get it out there. This is a um earlier taped episode than usual. Pete is on the road for work, so we figured rather than half-assing some long distance things or whatever, let's like we do planned prop, something. Yeah, which plan? Do proper eps. Couldn't be us, except yeah. now it is. And so I guess the the news that this single is coming out is kind of old news, but today would be officially be the day that it, uh, it, it comes out. And it's being billed as like the long-awaited follow-up. And I got to say, the phrasing long-awaited is correct. Because I didn't know until I saw that that like my body has been waiting for this. Yeah, but I don't think that I've ever like listened no to a song and been like, "Ooh, I can't wait for the sequel." Oh, that will then you haven't listened to Vineyard Nights. Well, I am wait- awaiting right. the sequel for Vineyard Nights. No, but I mean, if you listen to Vineyard Nights, if you're like, "Man, I'd love Vineyard Nights too," just hang on a second. There's maybe a half a second between tracks. And then that, the next one's going <laughs> to come. Then right after that... The trilogy. You're going to get a, a third one. But Rob Thomas and Carlos Santana, back at it again, feels kind of random, but just given that it's been so long. Yeah. And it's like... 1999. I wouldn't say that either one of them is at like the top of their their game at, the, at this juncture, but oh boy, I'm still excited for it. Yeah, what because, is Santana Especially because, recently? I don't know. Uh, I think that he did an album. Uh, oh no, that was that. Uh, John Mayer was that Slash? I think Slash did a uh, like a an album where he had like a ton of features. Really? Yeah. He. I. I don't see why that wouldn't be as famous and successful as a Santana thing. Maybe he just wasn't as good. Maybe. I mean, this. I'd have to look. Let's look up. Super Santana Nat- had had uh, see who was like writing those songs. It seemed like there were some real hit makers. Um. Making those those songs, Supernatural Santana, because those, those he got like a who's who of features back, oh, the, yeah, back I mean, at his height, right? So uh, Supernatural had Dave Matthews and Carter Buford. Carter Buford is Dave Matthews's drummer, and good for Carter for getting the feature. Yeah, in the seriously, because like a lot of times if a drummer's on there. Who else gets that? Travis Barker, that's it? That's about it. But Carter Buford... Father John Misty. Father, yeah, featuring. But is he featured on anything? I don't know. I don't know. Songs should have Misty on the hook. Yeah. Imagine doing like a... Like having like a cool song and then you bring in Misty for the hook to bring everything down? Just bum everyone out? Has he ever been featured? I don't think so. I do know that he wrote the... uh, The... Khalid song, yeah, uh, heaven, yeah, and Which, it led to the very brought out. Bought the most depressing thing about that yeah. song was the fact that Khalid was like, "It's so exciting to have him write one of my songs." I grew up listening to. Him. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Father John Misty feature. Let's. I mean, he was featured in the film 2018, 2017 film Hotel Artemis. Let's see. Uh, 
I'm not seeing anything, but wow. I could be wrong. But you would think that there, that he'd be on some. Um, but he was featured in a uh, Lana Del Rey music video. That's right, Freak Like Me. Yeah. No, no, not Freak Like Me. Uh, yeah, yeah, Freak Like Me. Is that? No, la, la, I think it's just Freak. Freak Like Me is the Adina. Howard Which was referenced song. in last week's episode. Referenced in this week's Friday episode because we just taped the Friday episode oh, yeah. before this. We taped the Dawson's Creek Patreon episode to give ourselves some momentum to push into the big one. Because if you know there's We're anything that gets us the creek right <laughs> if there's anything that gets us going downhill right now and with a full head of steam, it's Dawson's Creek. Oh my god. Uh, Father John Misty did did he he played drums, I think, on Ain't Together by King Princess. Let's look this up. Ain't Together, King Princess. I think that was a big deal. Um, Father John Misty. Yes. King Princess enlists Father John Misty for a new song, Ain't Together, which is a, uh, a great tune, by the way. But Santana on Supernatural had Dave Matthews and Carter Buford, Everlast on track number three, Put Your Lights On, which is a great, great song. Smooth featuring Rob Thomas. Do You Like the Way featuring Lauren Hill and a, I think, yet to be big CeeLo Green. Okay. that's That might go in the book. CeeLo Green is on Supernatural. Because when did we really first start thinking about CeeLo? 2003? Narles Barkley. Yeah. And, and Narles Barkley was like later. Is it later than 2003? Like, I think so. I would guess like 2006. That might be. I think you're closer to it. Uh Crazy by Gnarls Barkley came out in 2006. Bam! Nailed it. Pete, famously a music guy. <laughs> Maria Maria has, um, I mean, Wyclef Jean is in there. And there's the, the product G&B. Who else? Eagle Eye Cherry is wow. on the song Wishing It Was. And, uh-oh, the final song. I'd forgotten this. Final song of Supernatural by Santana. Features another beloved guitarist. Whomst? Beloved guitarists. I mean, how many beloved guitarists are there? We just talked about John Mayer. It's not him. John Mayer wasn't alive yet. (laughs) Eric Clapton. Yeah, I was going to say, you're very close (laughs) with John Mayer. Just say John Mayer, but use different (laughs) words. The Calling, featuring Eric Clapton. But that was such a great album. And his follow-up then, I think the... The follow-up was, he put out two Greatest Hits albums before he put out his next one. That is ballsy. But he had Michelle Branch, right. Game of Love. He had That's Seal on, on a tune. That's a Game of Love song. written by... Greg Alexander. Oh, that should go in the brunch book. Oh, definitely. Let me add it to the note. Brunch fun fact book is is in the works. In the works. In the works and very excited about it. And we're, we're, we're building it out. Yes. So the goal is... It's a good. I think it's smart to um, start selling something that hasn't even begun to be made. But yeah, you goal can is you can get it pre-order. For you can pre-order the pre-order. Let's. The goal is have it so y'all can get it for for Christmas this Friday. You're gonna get that Dawson's Creek episode that we That's just right. recorded. And as always, we were just beaming and having a great time the entire time, giving Pacey a little bit of a rough time, but he's finding his way. Pacey's figuring it out. Yeah, I am just so gotta, in on Dawson's Creek. Oh, so much, so much. But that's for Friday. On yeah. this episode, we are, are talking about something else that we loved. Yo. And I, I'm i somewhat surprised that we both liked it as much as we did because 
neither one of us had any idea what it was going into it. We saw the movie Pig starring Nicolas Cage, saw that it got uh, pretty good reviews, but was more just intrigued oh, no. at what it was. I didn't even know that it got good reviews. Really? Have, it has like nine, it's like 96 on Rotten Tomatoes or yeah. something. I knew that it was, I, I didn't know that it was doing that well. Yeah. I knew that uh, I had tweeted out about um, like Suicide Squad and like some other movie and they were like, have you seen Pig yet? You got to go see it. Oh, and somebody okay. had suggested it to us. One of the listeners of the podcast suggested, like, please go see Pig. I want to hear your thoughts on it. So this will answer a question that I ask in the Friday episode. We pick uh, season five episode, and I couldn't remember why we chose season five. We always come up with some little thing to choose the episode. And again, as usual, on Patreon, Y'all go crazy with picking the the number, but the reason we picked five is because we saw Pig and both loved it, and you on your ah. uh, Instagram, I saw a movie thing, mm-hmm. gave it a five out of five, which I agree with. Yeah. So it's first, my first, my first five out of five of twenty twenty one. Whoa! I okay. haven't seen all that many movies. I've seen like maybe like a yeah, dozen, same. a dozen, and uh, this week was. Probably the first two over four out of five that I gave because I gave Suicide Squad a four four and a half out of five. I like that. And then uh, Pig five out of five. Okay, so I didn't know any. I told you going into Pig, I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was the poster, which is Nicolas Cage got some stuff going on in his face, and it's called Pig. And I just had no. I didn't know if people. I knew that there was like a buzz about it, but I didn't know what it was. If yes, people loved it. If same. people thought it was like weird, I thought I was like, "Is it like a Mandy?" Type I was of just thing? gonna say I, I like sort of approached it in the same way that I did Mandy, where I was like, "People are talking about this. I assume that it's a bit weird because Nicolas Cage is exactly. in it. So we'll see what it's about." I didn't realize, or I didn't expect to just outright love the movie, dude. I was. I was stunned because when I texted some friends after saying, hey, if you haven't seen Pig, you got to see it. This is an excellent movie. They all responded with the same thing, which is like, cage the goat. Am I right? And I was like, no. Like, I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe I'm not that big of a Nicolas Cage fan. Or like, I don't think he's. There's always intrigue, but it's never like, got to see this because Nicolas Cage is in it. And I saw a lot of people saying after I tweeted out that I loved Pig, a lot of people were saying like. Nicolas Cage has had his hits, but I haven't seen him good in anything recently. And I disagree with that. I mean, like the last two things that I've seen him in, Mandy and Pig, I both really enjoyed. And I thought that he was really good in Mandy. I thought that he was pretty, like, really, I don't know if I really good is overselling it. I think that I liked the movie more than I liked his performance in Pig. In Pig? All right. So I didn't like Mandy. Really? And, you know, I I, I didn't like Mandy. I definitely thought, though, and I, I thought this, like, 45 minutes into this movie. I was like, oh, this is Nicolas Cage's best movie. You think so? I haven't seen all of Nicolas Cage's movies. Love Face Off. um, Like Con Air. Yeah. I think that... I don't know. I'd have to go back and and watch those again. I know that he's in some classics, but... um, So if you don't know what Pig is, it's tough to explain in a way that doesn't doesn't sound sound stupid. Yeah. Right. Uh, It is essentially... It is it's a it's a it's a movie that that centers around cooking in like the cooking world. Yeah. But it's like a dark gritty sort of revenge movie. The reason I so I texted you you uh, If you're doing an, an, a, a a recipe for pig and you're throwing ingredients in, it's like part John Wick, part chef, part cold pursuit. 
Taken or any Liam Neeson it's revenge got, movie. Yeah. So it's got some real cold pursuit energy to it. And I have minimal notes. I have, I texted you a couple times because we were trying to figure out, uh, there was like some movie theater concern of like, oh shoot, it's not playing as many places as we saw. But like, I saw it at a movie theater that I'd never been to. Yeah. I saw it in Hingham. Mm-hmm. And boy, was that like stepping into a time machine because it was like an old style cinema. Yeah. It was, it was clean and, and everything, but it was just like, ticket was $5. Concessions Whoa. were cheap. Like, and it had like an old school style, like boardwalk cinema. It was Love a very, co- very cool spot. Love that. But when we were figuring it out, like tw- 20 minutes in, you're like, oh, uh, I might have to go to a different theater, blah, blah. And I was like, this I was pretty early in the movie. I was like, well, get there. Yeah. Like, do what I'm you got to so do. Far. Like, I am, I'm, I think I'm really into this. And it's because I was really getting Cold Pursuit vibes off of the, the jump. Again, like, it's very, Taken was the first thing I thought, like, it, person who has gotten away from everything, wife is dead, they do. They tell you that right off the jump, uh, has an animal, bad guys come, do something to the animal, he says, all right, that's it. Like, okay, so it's John Wick, but right. with a pig? And it's really so much more than that. And it's, it is. I'm going to have such a hard time describing this movie, again, like without it sounding silly, because like they... they they get really technical with like culinary stuff. Yeah, and like and it's a very like emotionally deep movie. For sure. And there's a lot more to it than like it's a it's a very tough movie to explain. Like Cold Pursuit is is what it is. Like yeah. it's a very satirical They kill like, my boy, I kill everybody. Right, yeah. yeah. And uh this movie it has a bit more to it. But it is sort of in that vein where it has a little bit of satire. It seems it seems like tongue in cheek at some yeah. points. Um, I will say it's only ninety two minutes. I know it's ninety two minutes, and there's it's slow moving at points, but I don't feel like there's a lot of fat on it. No, no. Let's not spoil this either, because I want our listeners to see the movie, and we can keep talking about it. Maybe bring it up in future episodes, but we can at least set the scene. He Nicholas Cage plays a recluse in the woods of Oregon and he is a truffle hunter and I did not know that was a thing. Me neither. I didn't know that at all and he has a pig and apparently part of truffle hunting is you have a pig and there are these like it's like a police dog there's a they sniff them out. Yeah, they're I think they're called um foraging pigs or yeah, I think foraging pigs. They also refer to this pig as a truffle pig. You just walk around, and it's like a metal detector. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got a truffle over here. And they sell them because truffles are a delicacy. Kind of overrated. I've never really ex- like experienced truffles and been so blown away that i would no i would never like expect there to be like a somewhat black market for truffles it kind of it really <laughs> seems like that right yeah, yeah and, and i think that's like kind of a, a thing that i like about this movie too is that it there's nobody in this movie that is not associated with food at least by like an arm's length the entire universe that this movie takes place in is centered around food yeah you mentioned chef right yes it has it has very like if Chef, what's uh, what's his name? In John Favreau. Yeah, but what's John Favreau's name in the movie? Uh, uh, sh- shoot. Yeah. Anyway, if 
I got I got to know his name. Yeah, I just can't go on without it. Uh, <laughs> chef, let's see, John Favre, uh, Chef Carl Casper. Yep. If like things had gotten bad and dark enough for Chef Carl Casper, because we learn that this guy is a former renowned chef, is Nicolas Cage's character Rob. If things got crazy enough for Carl Casper, maybe he's this recluse who lives alone with his pig, but he still has all this information and right. he still knows how to do all this stuff. Yeah, I could easily see that because Carl Casper like only cares about or like doesn't only care about food, but like highly prioritizes food and he would not take care of himself. And it's like the scene that he says to um when he's talking to his um his kid Percy, he says He's like, hey, like I'm really good at this. Yeah, like, like yeah. this is, and like I love it. Like this is my thing. One way or another, like that, this is very much Rob's thing in this movie. And he, there's this character Amir who is the son of like the truffle trade head honcho. It has, I, I it has like organized crime it. vibes. Exactly, and I can't <laughs> tell if that's supposed to be a tongue-in-cheek thing or if truffles are really like is it a regulated thing that- no uh, like again i think it goes back to like this movie just takes place in a universe where like food is fucking everything yeah. and so like within this sort of universe that doesn't actually exist i don't think i wouldn't imagine so right. but if you're envisioning that, you're envisioning like the top guy as being like a mob boss of truffles yeah so that's what that is yeah, and there's like, he gets a meeting with this guy, and this guy's like, "Hey, you don't want to take this any further, okay? You want like you want everything to be okay. You turn around, you walk out of the store. He's trying to pay him off and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, I need to know where this pig is. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, you're so invested in it, and it's great. It's it seems satirical. It's weird but that's again that's kind of Nicolas Cage it's shot very it's shot very very well yeah. uh it's sort of uses a cheat code it's shot in the Pacific Northwest yeah so there's like a lot of like atmospheric uh like regional uh landscape shots and it's just I think that also helps sort of main like contain the story yeah where it's like obviously this food world doesn't exist but like in the remote pacific northwest it could uh rob by the way nicholas cage's character would get along handsomely with a growing number of celebrities these days because he doesn't touch a thing on his body he gets beaten up he's got blood on he doesn't even wipe the blood off of his face he doesn't cut his hair he doesn't bathe he doesn't want to do anything the reference i was making there is all that we're finding all these celebrities are like we don't bathe. I don't. I, yeah. I, I personally don't use water. Yeah. No. Um, but it, that, I will say, for a movie that's so sur- uh, surrounding the, the food world, I thought that the cooking scenes lacked a little bit. They weren't on, like, chef level. I think they didn't want to make it like that. I think they didn't want to make I it a cooking movie? To, right. Like, they didn't want it to steal the spotlight because there is a scene where he's plating something. And, and it was nice, but I'm it wasn't like... like this. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like... Wasn't chef where like you're completely sucked into the making of the food, and there's only a couple scenes where they where they do that. I wish that they had done it a little bit more. I wish they'd given you a little bit more, especially with how food centric it is. But it did bother me that he uh, 
he was like fully battered, like blood all over his face. Yeah. And he was and he's like this renowned chef who he ca- cl- truly cares about his food more than anything in the world. Yeah. And he's just like making it while he's covered in blood. I love the scene where he goes somewhere again, tr- trying not to spoil stuff, but he goes somewhere. He sees another person in the business and he this, this guy's got an elephant's memory. He remembers everything like with food even though he clearly hasn't really been in the cooking game in so long and he sees this other chef and he's like it's late they're in this place by themselves and he's like do you still make this croissant with this and blah 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 and she's like yeah and he's like can you please make it for me <laughs> and she makes him this this uh this dish and i know that again like this is such a tough movie to describe because what I just said didn't sound interesting and I was just melting into the movie as I'm yeah. watching that. Yeah, same. Um, there was a... There is, I think, uh, would be a misconception if you haven't seen the movie that, like, it's a violent movie. Yeah. And it, it seems that way because it's, like, very gritty and if you watch the trailer, you're like, okay, this is, like, John Wick. It's not violent. I need to go back and watch the trailer because I believe I still haven't seen the trailer. I wonder what kind of idea they're presenting. It sort of seems like a horror, like horror movie, violent revenge movie. Oh, you know what? I did think going in, I was like, I'm pretty sure this might be a scary movie. And I will warn folks, there is there's one jump scare in this movie. It's in the trailer too. It is. Yeah. Man, well, I guess if you're setting up what the movie's about, I guess like the jump scare is when they come and they take the pig, right? But. That uh, that really got me. There, there also was um, there like the one. Other than that scene, there's like one violent scene, and it's like a it's like a Fight Club sort of yes. deal. And I did not get that. I didn't get it either. I thought that's that was where I was quite a, unnecessary. That's where I was afraid that oh no, this movie's losing me, and it's been so great so far. Like I might not end up understanding this, and I still don't understand everything in the movie, mm-hmm. but it still remained grounded enough within its own um, like walls. That I totally believed everything and believed all these characters, and I, I think that that scene was like was solely there to kick the shit out of Nicolas Cage and make him look like a disaster for the rest of the movie and establish that he really doesn't care. Make him a little bloodier, yes, right. Get get him a little more Detective Crashmore yeah. type. I really like the Amir character. I wonder if same, and he's uh, the kid from old. No. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Let's see. That was a very like friendly, reassuring. Like, yeah, it sure is, buddy. I told you. I he's uh he's like in everything these oh days. Oh my god, that so is him. Yes. Yeah. Wow. He's in everything these days, and he's a great actor. I I really really like him. He's a musician. Ooh. What's his name? Um, Alex, Alex Wolf. Wolf. Okay. Yeah. And it says, let's see, because uh, it says. On the right side of his Wikipedia page, it says when he's born and everything, blah, 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 blah. And then it says genres, pop, rock, indie, bubblegum pop. Wow. I'm and, interested. Yeah. he's uh, Nat and Alex Wolf are an American pop rock duo from New York, consisting of brothers Nat and Alex Wolf. The siblings are known for their work on the Nickelodeon television show, The Naked Brothers Band. Easy, Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, right. Which was created and produced by their mother, actress Polly Draper. This that guy's interesting very, as hell. That's a really interesting thing. I would love to have him on the podcast. Yeah. Get some answers there. Have you heard of... I started listening to 
a band called uh, the Lemon Twigs. Did I send you any of their stuff? Was that the one with the girls? Uh, you sent no, me. A, you sent... No, Muna, 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 capital M U N A. It's actually pronounced Moo. Moo, nah. They would. You would if you haven't listened to them. You would uh, quite like them. Okay. They're very. They're very 80s sounding. I have not yet. But the Lemon Twigs. My friend sent me a song. It was just like one of those. Cla- it wasn't Jeff who did this, but like just like, the classic. When a friend like gets you, he's like, "Hey, there's a specific part in this song that's gonna make you freak," and. A thousand percent. It made me freak. I was crazy about it. I've watched. I've. I listened to that one song like three hundred times before I even and watched a million performances of it before I listened to anything else by them. And they're really good. They're called the Lemon Twigs, and they're two brothers. And the song that my friend sent me came out in like 2016 when they were legitimately high schoolers. They're like kids. Their band is like their classmates and everything. But they're so great. And I looked them up. And they were both child actors. Like, one of them was on Broadway. One of them was in an Ethan Hawke horror movie. Wow. It has, like, they give me, as I say this now, it gives me, like, real Diane Coffey vibes where it's, like, child actor turned, like, dope-ass uh, indie musician. Was so, Diane Coffey a, a child actor? Yes. Did not know that. Yes. He was in the movie uh, Jeepers... Jeepers Creepers? Jeepers Creepers. Wow. Yeah, Jeepers Creepers. There, there's an iconic Jeepers Creepers scene. I don't know if it's in the first one or the second one. Because I they're know... they're on the bus? I know people loved Jeepers Creepers too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's an iconic Jeepers Creepers scene that involves a kid in a cornfield or something. That sounds like very generic horror movie yes. as I say it. But there's... Something happens to a kid. And that's, and is that him? That's Sean. That's a young Sean Fleming. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. And I did not he, know that. And then he was on, not to like dox our, uh, our buddy Diane Coffey here, but um, he was, he did one of the Nickelodeon shows. He was a voice on um, Fairly Odd Parents. I think so. Really? Uh, uh, Kim Possible. Okay. Kim Possible. And Lilo and Stitch, the series. And then he's also a musician. <laughs> That's right. Does the intro to this podcast. Yeah, Wikipedia has added that uh, he is. He then started doing, he joined a band called Foxygen, as we all know, where he met the great Jonathan Rado. They all work together. Jonathan Rado, by the way, from Foxygen, produces Lemon Twig stuff. So it's all relative. Anyway, this, uh, this Alex Wolf character quite cool it's always cool when you like see, come across somebody in one thing and you learn like oh no they're just like an impossible human yeah and they're the best at everything and they do and now he's in every movie so good yeah for him. seems like a cool guy too. yeah i'm just looking at his wikipedia picture he's at the 2019 toronto international film festival and he just looks like a cool hang he's got nice hair he does Very alexander curly. draper wolf american actor singer and musician i would pause it or i would contend that Singers are musicians, but Wikipedia wants to pad his stats. <laughs> Who am I to, to jump in the way? Uh, what else do we got on Pig? Other than that, is indeed the kid from Mold. Uh, I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I really, I thought that it was a. Uh, I don't know. It, it's hard to. It's again, it's hard to explain. Like, I feel like it's a simple movie, but it's also pretty complex. Totally. I I knew that I was going to struggle to break this down. I was like, yeah. our Pig conversation could be five to ten minutes of us just saying like wasn't it so good and, but i think that sometimes if that's all someone has to say i think that 
I want you to experience you. it. Yeah. Like I want you to watch it. And I and I wonder how many people will watch it now that it has this hype. Like if you hear it and you're like, oh, people love this movie. And then you go watch it and you're like, well, I set the, the hype too high. I am a little confused on the timing of it. Like it, it it's a 2020 film. Yeah. Huh? So Which out. I assume it was like a um, like a um, it seems like one of those movies that would be a festival release no and doubt. then get a get a wider release later. No doubt. Uh, do we know who's the person that plays the dad? By the way, I, is he in something? He's been in a lot of stuff, and I really really like him. Adam Arkin. Is that Alan of, Arkin? Son could be related to Alan Arkin. Let's see. Uh, yes. He is was, it okay? Yes, he was uh, born in Brooklyn, New York, to actor, director, and writer Alan Arkin. But I'm already seeing here, I, I believe you watched Sons of Anarchy. I, yeah, I knew that he was in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's also in Eight Simple Rules. Okay. What else would I have seen him in? Um, no, I, so I'm looking at it right now. I he think won the, a Tony in 91. Way to go, Adam. Halloween H2O. Really? Yeah. And in Hitch. I didn't wow, see Hitch. His, um, his bio, or his, uh, filmography is not as impressive as i would have imagined because i've i've seen him in a lot and i like him in everything he's got like sort of a menacing uh he's got a menacing sort of personality but I, there's also something like sort of comforting about his voice he is also one of the three actors to portray dale the whale biderbeck on monk i don't know what that's about yeah what the fuck i i never i've never seen an episode of monk I'm afraid that like I'd have too much in common with the the main character because I know it's a Tony with a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's like his his deal. Yeah. Um, but there's someone that three people play the person. What's that? Maybe it's like old. That's true. They just get they get very old over the course of uh, the series. Dale the whale beaterback ages um very quickly. He was uh, written by by dick richards who's supposed to be dale the shark but dick richards was like i got this he's a whale and he ages rapidly my buddy m knight just gave me a cool idea and they're like and nobody else ages and he's like yeah it's just one person who ages too fast they're like so it's the the movie jack with robin williams (laughs) that's right uh no it's uh uh he ages because he's on the beach because he's a whale but he's really a shark there you go People, I, one of my friends at the Cape recently, and he posted a picture of a bunch of seals. Isn't it if you see seals, that means they're sharks? I think so. Right? Like, man, why do people go to the Cape? I'm not trying to hate on the Cape, but, man. I only go to Cape Side. Seems like, right, only only Cape Side guys. Did you see the, uh, I don't know if they've officially come out yet, because, again, we're taping this early, but the leaked image of the Nebraska football jerseys? I have. Those things... Are they smoking are, hot. They are a wild time. They are just red overalls. Preposterous. I like the idea of football getting into that, though. I like the idea of American football getting into, like, just, like, printing things on jerseys. I mean, college football gets so weird with jerseys that this isn't, like, an, a, anything new. Like, I'm not blown away by it, but it is a preposterous idea where they're just designing a uniform to look like overalls. After I, after Big Red, I think. Yeah. Is yeah. their mascot. That's a thing though where I wonder how it'll look on somebody without the rest of the uniform. Because it's got the Right. It's got it's, the it's a red horrible jersey to wear casually. Jersey. 
similar to the the Celtics did when they did the banner jerseys, they it was all part of like a banner looking thing with the shorts and everything. And I actually think that those looked better if you just wore it without the whole ensemble. I did not like the whole um the whole banner type of of thing they were doing there. But I am for college football getting weird with jerseys. I like to see Texas mess around and I don't know what they But Texas do. is like the Yankees, where it's like they always have the same jerseys. Classic jerseys. Classic, classic jerseys. I wonder how uh, our guy Sam is doing in the NFL. As of this taping, he's getting QB1 snaps for the Colts. Boy, would I be so happy to see him start some games for the Colts this year. I mean, sometimes in the NFL, it's all about the weird situation in which you find yourself. The opportunity. Like, Gardner Minshew was not supposed to be fast-tracked to be a starting NFL quarterback. Right. And I know that right now he's probably not going to be a starting NFL quarterback, but he was like a fine... He's decent... got enough stock behind him where he could be, like if another team was looking for an emergency quarterback, right. trade for Gardner Minshew. The sixth-round pick, fifth, sixth-round pick that just kind of gets thrown into it. And Colts quarterbacks, man. One of my coworkers said this the other day. He then swore that there was no pun intended, but it is true. Like They have had... Terrible luck. Yep. With quarterbacks. Which sure have. Not the type it's of thing. You after would, Peyton Manning. Right. I was going to say, like, you would think that'd be a weird thing to say about a team that got, like, two generational quarterbacks back to back. But, I, I mean, I was a big Andrew Luck guy. I love Andrew Luck. Same. What do you think he's doing right now? Probably, like, enjoying his life. Something with books. Oh, right? yeah. He was Didn't a big he, like, reader. He read books about cement. Something like that. About cement? I think there was a thing where they were like, Andrew Luck, like, this is what Andrew Luck reads. And it was all just, like, informational books. Really? Fictional. Let me look this up. Oh, my Oh, well, gosh. there was the Andrew Luck Book Club. Remember that? Yes, I do remember Andrew that. And Luck. I remember PMT uh, spoofing it. That's right. They did the... Uh, the Wikipedia Club. Oh, okay. Let's see. Andrew Luck Books. Now nothing's going to come up. But I thought he d- did something about cement. Yes. CBSSports.com. How much Never of heard a of nerd him. is Andrew Luck? He likes reading books about concrete. <laughs> the Colts QB also loves to recite random facts to teammates on road trips. Get your own podcast. Seriously. Yeah. Should we have a, should we have a forward by Andrew Locke? Forward by... Oh, I love this idea. Oh, what was the thing? I didn't uh, end up putting it... Did I put it in my notes? It was uh, that CeeLo Green was on Supernatural. Yes. Love it. Okay. We're getting right? there for the number. Yep. CeeLo... On. Wait, I feel like you said natural. that should be on the book. Yeah. But then I didn't I say something else, and you're like, "Oh, definitely." Or did I say? Oh no, I think I might have said we should put that in the book. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe that's I don't what what it was. We'll have to go back and listen to it. Very important detail, but we will get to the bottom of it. Believe you me, Andrew Luck is a superstar quarterback. Across this, this was written uh, by Jared Dubin. Do you know him? Yep. In uh, December six, twenty sixteen. It's about a three minute read. Okay. That's still a fun thing when it says the top of an article. Like, you're going to need a few minutes. Yeah. It's like three, eh, it's three minutes. But whenever I see three-minute read, I do the Michael Scott thing. When he, the power, when the install is loading and it says, like, ten minutes remaining. And he's like, oh, okay, so, so this should take about, like, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's, 
That's true. I feel like I read at a faster speed than than the most yeah. regular individuals. So Especially I'm, something that's like this. Three minutes, yeah. I'll fly through I, this. Although, for podcast purposes, we're not going to spend like 14 minutes on it. <laughs> Andrew Luck is a superstar quarterback. Across his five seasons, he has shown himself to be among the best players in the NFL at his position. He is also, apparently, a pretty weird dude. Okay. Not, uh, I'm not getting on Jared here, but not how I would have. No, 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 not the, Let the, your freak flag fly. Yeah, he's... Oh, I actually made the, made, made the guy like cement. Weird can also be a compliment, so I'm not holding this against Jared. In a story at Bleacher Report, Ty Dunn talked to several of Luck's teammates, friends, and coaches about his strange tics. Some highlights. In college, one of Luck's friends asked Luck what book he was reading. Luck replied that he was reading a book about the history of concrete. The quarterback was an architectural design major at Stanford and found this book the equivalent of walking into interstate traffic for most of society. Downright fascinating. For me, says Marshall Hughes, now the sports director at WATE in Knoxville, Tennessee, that'd be an absolute struggle. Punishment. I said, golly, you are a different cat. And then it gets into how Luck plays ping pong with his teammates. And I don't think we necessarily need that. Uh, It says he's an architecture nerd. During study halls, Luck didn't thumb through iPhone apps. He drew. One desk over. It just sounds like he was like being a good student. Yeah, right. Uh, One desk over. That book uh, about concrete was probably like part of his coursework. Right, right. Hughes watched Luck scribble designs of football stadiums. His passion for architecture ran deep. He detailed to Hughes which stadium structures would go where. That is huge Tom. What's my guy's last name from 500 Days of Summer? Oh, shoot. What is his last name? Tom, 500 Days of Summer. Tom Hansen? Really? Was he in the Tom band? Tom Hansen. Yes, H A N S E N. Oh, okay. But I, I believe the Hanson were the Hanson brothers. The hockey ones. A- they N E N. Yeah. Yeah. So he could have been related to them. Equally as uh, destructive. That's true. He'll just smash some plates. plates. Yeah. Smash some plates. So that's pig, and that's Andrew Luck. Let and me they tell smell you. fantastic. 